Welcome to Tell the People with your host, Heather Robinson. Each week, I'll be exploring interesting topics with people who are change makers in the world. If you have a desire to learn like I do, then tune in. Be enlightened, raise your awareness, and just have fun. Come on, listen as my guests tell the people all about what sets their soul on fire as they lead and inspire others. Hi, good morning, and welcome to Tell the People with your host, Heather Robinson. Each week, I explore interesting topics with people who are change makers in our world. Um, And I ask them to share interesting topics that they are passionate about. So if you have a desire to learn like I do, um, then tune in, be enlightened, and become aware, and just have some fun. So listen in as my guests tell the people what sets their soul on fire. And today I'm excited to have my friend, Robin Burning. Hi, Robin. Hey, thank you so much. (laughs) I'm excited. Me too. I am so glad. Um, Robin and I have been friends for seven years, eight years. Um, We met through um, doTERRA essential oils, which was life-changing for me in so many ways on the path to wellness and health and alternative healing methods and um, uh, was a great friendship circle expander and Robin was my keepers from doTERRA and I'm so excited to have her on. Um, Robin is Robin Burning is a spiritual life coach at Simple Bliss in Raleigh, North Carolina. She brings uh, her wellness philosophy to life at the Simple Bliss Wellness Center. Her 30 plus years of experience in the wellness industry as a licensed massage and bodywork therapist, licensed esthetician, um, doTERRA essential oils consultant, life patches guru, cranial sacral, Robin is all the things. You are the modern healer, Um, Reiki master, Um, But Robin believes that it is never too early or too late to start taking care of yourself. And this is the philosophy that sets her business um, and her care and nurturing apart um, at Simple Bliss. Um, Robin also offers feng shui consulting. And that is what I'm most interested in talking with you about today. Um, I know enough to be dangerous about feng shui and I um, and so excited to understand what it is, um, how it can help not only organize your home um, and make your life less, ah, but also how it can help you on, um, as a spiritual life coach, how can it help, help me uh, get my groove back or get my, get my emotional, mental, physical life back in order? So yay, Robin. Yay, 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 yay me, yay, Heather. <laughs> We're living the dream, right? I mean. Oh, we are living the dream in t-shirts on Financially Free Friday. And <laughs> what everybody doesn't see is the 30 minutes we spent trying, Robin trying to teach me how to do Zoom a different way. <clears throat> That's like the blind leading the blind, right? <laughs> Right. And so I'm like, okay, just screw it. It's going to, I'm letting go of perfection, letting go of my virtual and who cares what the camera looks like. And like I told Robin, it's, it's not, the podcast is not called, um, it's called tell the people, not everybody look at Heather. 
Here we are. Cheers. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Um, and you, you have been very instrumental in my life over the last, <clears throat> as my little throat chakra closes up with gratitude, with helping me do just that. Just show up, be who you are, and let go of the need for perfection because nobody else is perfect either. We're not airbrushed. We're not audio tuned. It's just life. Just live it. And yeah. I, I'm so grateful for you as a friend and life coach in helping me just let it go. Let it go. Uh, well, thank you. I, I am truly honored. And, I, and I'm always I'm always honored when people um, ask for my guidance and help because, you know, I too have had my struggles in life and I too have really had my downs and my ups, you know, and I'm definitely in the upswing uh, portion of things. And one of my favorite slogans is um, progress, not perfection, you know, because there is no such thing as perfect. There really is not because what's perfect for you is not perfect for you. So I can't please you both. And oh my God, what do I do? I mean, I lived most of my life that way. Um, and so as I have evolved through my spirituality and, and my own healing and recovery, I have come to realize that the only person that it matters to please really is, is me and being good with me and myself and loving myself mm -hmm. despite the flaws that I have, right? Because we, we all have them. Um, and that's one of the things that actually led me into life coaching. And, you know, most of the people that as a massage therapist for 30 years, um, it's not your massage therapist is a lot like your hairdresser. Right? It's, 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 it's other therapy also when you go in. So I found myself, you know, talking to a lot of people about just life in general as they were getting their massages. And, and that kind of led me into coaching. And um, it, it really has been a beautiful, beautiful thing because life coaching actually really helps people find who they are. A lot of people don't, we don't know who we are because we base ourselves on other belief systems that trained us. Know, so we have belief systems that come either from cultural um, beliefs or family beliefs or society, you know, even from, I mean, I grew up in Southern California and then I moved to the East Coast and just those cultural beliefs in general was like a culture shock, right? right. And so I really kind of lost myself along the way. And um, that's what I love about life coaching is, is helping people dig deep into what their core values are and then helping them align with that because most people do have what we call blocks that they can't get through because again, they're, li they're living on belief systems that don't align with their values and they don't know how, they don't know how to get through that wall or, or, or jump over that wall. And so that's what life coaching is all about. Um, and one of, a lot of my experiences in working in life coaching is that a lot of it had to do with environmental aspects. And I'd always been very drawn to feng shui. Um, and it's interesting because when I first started taking the certification class, the, um, my mentor, the teacher who teaches the class talked about when she was a child, she used to rearrange the furniture in her home all the time. And, and I used to do that. <laughs> you know, like my mom would come home from work and like the whole living room would be rearranged. And she'd be like, what is going on? You know, and it was just me, you know, like the flow, it wasn't feeling right. The, the environment wasn't feeling right to me and I wanted to change something about it. And so I had that instinct, even as a child, to do this kind of work. And again, cultural, societal, or whatever, um, 
rearing led me away from that because, you know, this is kind of, you know, ancient Chinese philosophies and it just didn't fit into what I grew up in. And so I, it took me away from that. And now I'm, I'm being, you know, lured back in and I love it. <laughs> so feng shui is really, um, it's really enhanced a lot for me and for my clients because the environmental piece of it is so important, you know, um, you know, I heard one of, you know, I follow several people, obviously, when you're in a certain industry, you, you have people that you follow. And there was this one woman and she said, your home is like your three-dimensional vision board. Ah, I loved that. I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense because vision boards are so big right now. Everybody does a vision board. That's one of the things you do every year, you know, in January, you create your vision and, and your, and your word for the year and all these things. And then we put it on this little, you know, poster and put it on the wall and we look at it every day and it does help us. Right. But if you think about it, your whole surroundings influence you as well the things when you walk into your bedroom the things that you see in there will help influence the way you feel in your bedroom and when you walk into your workspace or your office and if you walk in and it, there's just like crap everywhere and, and it feels very discombobulated you're going to feel discombobulated and so yeah. as i started working with my clients and realizing the stuff and, and and just really more drawn and drawn and i am a true believer in divine timing and interventions and everything and and I had looked into feng shui for quite some time and it just never I never found the right person or the right this or the right that and um and when I finally did it was like everything just flowed in aligned and boom and um here I am yay awesome well before we go further I want um one thing or two things actually um at this point in the podcast, or in, if you're listening or watching, I know for myself, I'm like, okay, she's ringing all the bells. She's got a lot of content that, you know, whoever is my guest is laying down. And I typically will go out right at that moment and find that person on social media. So I want to tell everybody how to find you mm -hmm. um, on Facebook and Instagram. It's living your bliss is where you can find Robin and the simple, simple bliss wellness center. And then if you want more information or to contact Robin, it's livingyourbliss.net. And if you're in the Raleigh area, it's 919-896-7641. You can go old school and pick up the phone and talk to a live human. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Gosh, somebody talk to me. Um, and <laughs> so rare these days, isn't it? <laughs> and Robin, whoever's listening, is very timely and will return your call in an appropriate human amount of time. So that is correct. Yes. So now tell me, I have all the questions about um, feng shui. So first of all, give me a little bit like what it is and uh and where it came from, like a little bit of history. I, I like to know a hit where, where do we get this information? Where do we get mm -hmm. this? Yeah. yeah. So it's thousands of years old, actually. So it's so funny when people say, oh, this new thing, feng shui, <laughs> it's not new. Um, and it's not a fad. You know, a lot of people think it's just another fad coming through. It's not. It's been around for thousands of years. And it actually, the Chinese emperor, um, there's different, you know, you can feng shui your home, but you can also feng shui your land and you can feng shui your city. And, and that's truly what they did. They, they feng shui the whole, 
area in which the emperor um, resided and, and did his thing and they did all of their buildings and all of that. And then once they kind of got everything in line, they actually um, outlawed it. <laughs> okay, they took all the feng shui masters and kind of sequestered them to their own um, uh, bidding, okay? And they did not allow the common folk to have access to this um, knowledge because they wanted to keep the common folk common, right? And then and they thrived. There was one master who actually um, did um, find his way out of China and he brought the art out to the world, but it was outlawed. Up until about 15 years ago in China was outlawed. You were not allowed to practice feng shui. Um, and it was punishable if you got caught doing it, but um, but it is is now open, and um, so that that's kind of where it came from. And um, what was the other part of the question? I think what that was like, what well, what is it? And I I found feng shui, gosh, late '90s, and I dug through some stuff, and I found this little book at Barnes and Noble that it was like feng shui do's and taboo for financial success when uh -huh. I started my first um, entrepreneur experience in like 97, 96, 97. And then I have another one that was Feng Shui Your Life. And the cover has been like duct taped over. I mean, I just like held it together. It, it, it's held together with tape. Um, and so um, I love what you said about, or the, the information you brought down about how they did, how they used it for land um, and for the home and, and city planning. Um, yes. that makes so much, so much sense. My experience yeah. with, with feng shui, I worked in real estate for many, many, many years. And at one point we worked, I worked for a um, custom home builder in the Raleigh area. And we realized that, um, so I guess this was like 99, 2000, that, um, several of the home plans in this one neighborhood, and it was a new set of plans. We had not built these before, um, were attracting um, a lot of Asian buyers. And we're like, why this, I mean, just customer after customer after customer. And they would say, this house is perfect, it's perfect. And so we would talk to the customers and we're like, okay, we don't understand what's perfect. And they said, it, lay, it works with our Bagua. It works with, it's in feng shui. And so of course, having to learn things, I'm like, okay, what? So we can replicate it. like. Or what are you looking at? Fire elements, water elements, the fridge is here, the kitchen you know, is laid out. And so, yes, I mean, you can use it in, not only in your life, but in your business. Um, Absolutely. And the home building industry in Wake County is still just slammed busy right now. So if you're a builder listening, Home Builders Association of Raleigh, contact Robin. She <laughs> yeah. re reboot your plans. Yeah. So tell me about um, tell me about how we can apply feng shui to our life. So feng shui is all about creating balance. Okay, um, uh, feng means wind and shui means water, and they talk about when you have good flow of water and wind, that's good chi, that's good energy. And so that's the ultimate goal is to create good energy flow in whatever the space that you're in. And so that is the true goal of it. Um, a lot of people get confused, they get overwhelmed, um, they 
you know, they think, oh, I can't do that because they think it's black and white. It's really not. It's, it's considered one of the soft sciences. There is no black and white to it. There are different <laughs> schools of feng shui. Um, so there, there is intentional feng shui and there's classical feng shui. And my studies, um, the bulk of what I do is around classical feng shui. Okay. And with classical, um, and most people are familiar with the intuitive, and that's when you have what's called the bagua, and yeah. your your house is sectioned off into nine nine little sections, and each section is representative of some portion of your life, whether it's your finances or your relationships and all these things, right? Um, and so we have that intentional piece where you can go in and you can create enhancements. Okay. Now in classical, there's yes. sections. So the bagua mm -hmm. is. A, a map uh, per se of your home. Yeah, I actually have. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, mine looks like this. Yeah. Um, and those sections of your home. So it's like you you overlay this map, this grid over your floor plan or your apartment or your yes. office or your land. Yes. Um, and those sections are wealth and prosperity, fame and reputation, marriage and relationship, new beginnings and family, health, children, joy and the future, um, knowledge and self-evaluation, uh, career and life, life journey, and then travel and helpful friends. Um, yes. And so those are, for people who don't know what the Bagua is, Bagua is the, the template that you would lay over your floor plan, lay over your mm -hmm. life, and look at the, those areas. Um, so right now, <laughs> My wealth and prosperity uh, in the place that I'm living is in uh, the back corner of my bedroom where I just kind of stick stuff because it's kind of behind the bed and I really can't see it in my working world. <laughs> so <laughs> I still got to clean that one up a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, and, and also to clarify down a little bit. So the whole map itself is called the Bagua and then each square would be a Gua. A gua, yeah. A gua, yeah. Okay. So the bagua means the whole map, and a gua means that particular section. So you have nine guas in the whole bagua. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's little, so it can. If you're looking on YouTube, you can see it yeah. like. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And so there's different. Um, there's, there's different approaches in using what, what's called the intentional Bagua, and that would be just um, some schools or some, you know, in general, if you were to pick up like a Feng Shui for Dummies book, it'll talk about utilizing the front or the bottom middle is like your, or your front door would be along here, and then you lay your map out um, based on your front door being at the bottom of the page. So you would look at your house like this and you go, okay, that corner is my financial and that's my love and marriage and yada, yada, yada. Okay. And this will, you know, you'll utilize the different enhancements. So we can utilize color or essential oils or certain crystals, or if you have a deity that, that you like, and that happens to be the area that would be where you would put that deity, like, um, like Kuan Yin or, um, Ganesh. A lot of people use Ganesh for wealth, their wealth corners. 
or you put your, you put your Saint Christopher or your um, correct your your angel or yes yes specific angels for you know um, have you know certain duties that they do and you would put them or representation of them in that area and so that would be like kind of your beginners feng shui you know kind of your do-it-yourself stuff right then we have the intentional bagua where we utilize compass direction because i'm going to skip forward just a teensy bit um, first and then i'll come back to the compass direction for the intentional in classical feng shui classical feng shui is like it, it is astrology for your home okay mm -hmm. so as a human being we have um, our astrological charts. I'm a Scorpio and you're a Virgo, right? And so we have. I'm a cancer. I'm a cancer. It's my Virgo. Oh, that's right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> that's right. Okay. So, so we can, um, we can go to our app on our phone or we can go online and we can read our daily horoscope and read what the stars have aligned for us in the daily horoscope in general. That would be your intentional Bagua. Okay, but we could go to an astrologer and have our astrological chart specifically for our birth year and time and have this astrological chart done and then sit down with that consultant and they will read our astrological chart that is specific to us in general or specifically. Okay, so that is what classical feng shui is for your home. All right, okay. we take the compass direction of your house and the year that it was built and we create the astrological chart for your home. And then we create this report. So each one of the guas mm -hmm. has a combination of three numbers in it. And those numbers are representative of elements. And what we want to do is create balance. It's like the yin and the yang symbol, you know, where you have the, the black and the white, and, and they come together to form a perfect circle, and it's a perfect balance. So we have these three numbers in each gua, and the numbers are representative of an element, and some of them are a great representation of that element, and some of them are a not-so-great representation of the element. So let's say, for instance, wood, um, the number for wood. And tell me, when you're talking about elements, um, please share what elements you're like, what are the elements for? Um, so, so we have um, water, earth, wood, metal, fire. Okay. So those are our, our five elements. Okay. And each, and each one of them have a number that's representative of it. And it can be like a good or a not so good. So for instance, if I'm looking at a three, that would be wood, but not so great. So that would be like a rotten piece of wood that, you know, like a branch that fell off the tree and it's kind of rotting, right? Or the number four is good wood, which is like that vibrant plant or vibrant tree out in the yard, okay? And so these are representatives of the elements. So we wanna have like the good numbers. Um, and if we have one that's not so good, then we balance it out by um, there, there's the different cycles between the five elements. So we have um, the, um, the weakening cycles, the destructive cycles, and then um, I'm, my brain is not working right now, um, the cycle that feeds, okay? Mm -hmm. So for instance, water will feed wood, okay? 
fire is the um, weakening cycle of wood because it changes wood into ash, right? It changes the molecular structure of it, so it weakens it. Or metal, which would chop wood, would be the destructive cycle. Okay. okay. And so it's kind of like rock, paper, scissors, right? So if you have the rock, you know, paper covers rock or scissors cut the paper um, and the rock smashes the scissors, okay? So we kind of do that with the numbers. So if we have a, a number that's not such a great representation number, then what we do is we want to weaken it, okay? So we'll bring in the element that would weaken the, you know, the bad wood, so to speak. Okay. And so, that would be metal. Okay. That would be a metal element. All right. Um, woo, that's a lot. It I, is. That's why we need a professional. <laughs> yeah, I want someone that says, don't put a mirror at the foot of the bed because this, or you need a plant in this corner. So that's yeah. why, that's why we need you because you yeah. have, you've got the, the brains in it. And I, I just need somebody to tell me what to do. Yeah, it can seem a little overwhelming. And when when I first learned it, I did kind of like, whoop, I got itch. I had a, a momentary shutdown period where I'm like, I need to kind of absorb all this. But then it, it does make sense. And you're right, you absolutely do need a guide when you want to set your um, your space with classical feng shui. Um, this is the most powerful way. Okay, so again, the difference between intentional feng shui would be going to the internet and pulling up your daily horoscope that's general for a cancer or going to your astrologer and having your chart done and and really getting to the nitty-gritty of everything so okay. what what our intention is yeah ask you a question because um i think this will help under help us understand um you and i in, in preparing for this talked about um i like examples um and so for example, give me the example of how you started. Um, tell, tell the people about uh, that it was overwhelming and that you started in the mudroom or the laundry room. Tell me that story. Tell me. Okay. Yeah, so as, as part of my certification process for the class, I actually had to feng shui my own home. And it could be, it can be very overwhelming when you first start. And so I always recommend that people kind of start just just focus on one area first and then just start kind of branching out okay so um so I did the, goal, the goal excuse me the goal of of feng shui in your home or feng shui in your space is to with the wind and the water the feng shui to create mm -hmm. a better flow of energy because mm -hmm. either blocked or it's non-existent and so that energy is what affects and and correct me if i'm wrong um your your health your wealth your love life your relationship with your family um your life path all those sectors of the bagua all those different your travel your prosperity your spiritual self your self-development so in using feng shui again we are creating more flow of energy, bringing more abundance. And you're suggesting like pick one room and start there. And this is your story, okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and um, just to kind of reiterate a little bit um, on the actual flow of things, I think uh, I love analogies and stories. <laughs> so mm -hmm. if you think about like 
um, if you're floating down the river and there's a bunch of um, boulders and and blocks, you know, a beaver dam and a boulder here and some rocks over there, you're you're kind of you're navigating turbulent waters and you're you're having to work a little harder to kind of row around these things, right? And this is generally what our houses that's the type of energy it creates for us when we're not balanced and we don't have good flow, okay? So we're constantly kind of fighting the rapids and it, it can be a little exhausting and we don't get to lay on the beach and go and rest, right? Now, when we come into the home and we create that beautiful energy flow that's easy and graceful, then we're in the inner tube floating down the river with a drink in our hand, soaking up the sun, right? So that's a huge difference. When we remove the blocks, which is stagnation, and stagnation comes from clutter and or like a, you wouldn't put a big, huge wall unit in the entryway of your home, right? right? Because you'd walk in and all of a sudden you would feel blocked. You know, that's a drastic example, um, but it gives you an idea of what a blocked energy would feel like. If you felt, if you walked into someone's home and they had a big, huge something blocking your way to even get into the house, you all of a sudden would almost abruptly stop yourself instead right. of just being welcomed and flow, flowing inward. So anyway, when I started the feng shui and I started looking at the, the uh, bagua in a compass direction kind of way, my wealth center was in my laundry room, okay? When I looked at it on the other Bagua way where you just look at the front door on the bottom, my wealth center was a different area. And I, when I enhanced it that one time, you know, I had some abundance coming in, but I wasn't like truly flowing. And then when I changed and I went to, to the compass direction Bagua and I realized that my, my wealth center was my uh, laundry room, I was like, oh my gosh, this is too overwhelming for me because the laundry room was also the catch-all mudroom, right? There's shit everywhere and it's disorganized and discombobulated and we, we walk in and we drop our shoes and our bags and our this and our that and it was just too much for me. So I decided to start in the area that was more of my um, knowledge and wealth and it's where I do my, um, my meditations. Okay, this is where I have my quiet time and I, I read in the morning and I do my meditation prayer or just sit quietly. I decided to work on that area first. Well, once, once I got that area in order, I was more peaceful. Okay. I did have more clarity. I was able to focus more on what I needed to get done without feeling the overwhelm. Okay. So then I just slowly started different things like clearing the clutter, they say, is really the first thing you should do in your home. Clearing clutter because that right there creates flow. Um, and I have a story about that that I'll share, but I don't want to get off track. Um, so that's the whole Marie Kondo, your life. If it doesn't bring you joy, then get rid of it. You need it's to get rid of it. Yeah. And, um, and I, I will share a story around that that is very powerful for me. Um, but anyway, so when I finally did go to my wealth sector, which was my laundry room, which was a shit show, <laughs> sorry for my language, but it really was. Um, so Heather and I have known each other, like she said, for seven, eight years. And for that seven, eight years, I, I've been in debt. You know, I'm a business owner, small business owner. Um, 
you know, you just go into debt and it's hard. It, it was difficult to get out of it. But again, I had ebbs and flows, right? When I had enhanced this one area of my home. Well, when I finally went to the actual sector that is the um, Southeast sector is wealth and prosperity. And I, I cleaned it up first. I, I went through and I Marie Kondoed it um, for lack of a better term, clear the clutter. And I started putting in um, like a piece of artwork. I actually created, I have some stairs in that area and there's this landing on the stairs. So I actually created a wealth altar. And so I put some of my favorite things on there, um, of one of my favorite deities that I like and an angel with um, some feng shui coins and with a red ribbon. Red ribbons are really good for prosperity. Um, and I have this beautiful, you know, I love my oils, right? And so I have one of these beautiful clay diffusers. It's like a lotus flower. And cinnamon oil is a really great representative of wealth. And so I have a bottle of cinnamon oil sitting on the table. And so every morning as I'm leaving, because it is the room that I leave through, I go over and I say a prayer of gratitude and I drop um, a drop of cinnamon oil on the diffuser and sniff it and just sit there for a minute, breathe it in, put it down, out the door, away I go. Guys, I, I, I can honestly say I am 100% out of debt, number one. I, things started happening, shifting, all of a sudden um, things were happening and I started getting even checks from, <laughs> I was telling other this, I still can't believe it, but like I have a health insurance company that I was with three years ago that all of a sudden, you know, with all their litigations and stuff, it takes time to do things. But all of a sudden I got this huge check from them because of something that did or didn't happen way back three years ago and they were refunding all their people. And so like all these checks started coming in from things. Um, my father-in-law gifted me a large sum of money out of the blue. Um, I mean, just money just started flowing in. Um, and, and it happened at the time that I created this wealth corner and my wealth part of my, my house. And so I was like, holy shit, this stuff really works. <laughs> so, you know, and I just just started doing more and more things around the house and um and i'm still working on it it is a work in progress because it is you know sometimes these changes do take either time or money you know if you want to paint the walls you can't just decide on monday you're going to do it and do it monday night you know it does take some planning but it one of the things i do love about slowly doing it is that i really do see like the changes that are occurring with intentional areas that i'm working on you know, when you talk about the bedroom and um, stuff like that, like I, we, my husband and I kind of were sleeping restlessly. We weren't getting really good sleep. And um, we had this one piece of artwork in the bedroom that really was a peaceful, restful piece of artwork. And um, I changed that out. Just, just a piece of artwork. That's it. And it, it made a huge difference. Right. And whether that's, you know, subliminal or not, who cares? It worked, right? <laughs> yeah, that's one piece of feng shui that um, back in the 90s that I first applied um, to my houses or my bedrooms was in America, um, it's typically you buy the bedroom and their bedroom set. So it's the, the, the bed and then there's a dresser or a chest of drawers and there's a big mirror over it. And mm -hmm. most bedrooms, the way the bedroom is laid out, it's the bed with that mirror at the foot of the bed. And and this was intentional, not classical feng shui. I now, thank you, have the knowledge. But it was, um, 
said to not put the not have the mirror at the foot of the bed because if you are anxious or restless or you are sleepless that you're reflecting all that energy right back on you day and night and so I started covering um, either when we moved I would put the dresser so it's not at the foot of the bed it didn't reflect mm -hmm. me sleeping but um, mm -hmm. in my bedrooms now and even when guests come I have a pashmina that um, you know a big scarf that I use to cover the mirrors in their bedroom for a better for more restful sleep um, mm -hmm. that little and whether it's a placebo effect and it's, a I don't care. It works for me. Um, right. And it's the soft science for me that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I love that about the wealth sector. Um, what are, because I know people who are listening are going to say, what are some things with the elements? So wood, water, wind, fire, wood, earth, wind, fire um, for different areas of their home. Um, and I know it's not a hard and fast, oh, you can all, like you said, you can always put wind chimes at your front door and it does this. That's more a superstition. But um, have you seen other areas? Like um, we talked about your wisdom and spirituality segment of your home, um, like for family. So if in the family sector, what would some challenges be that, especially with people who have been at home, working at home during uh, the pandemic, mm -hmm. what could be what could be some cause and effects that might help a, a space? Um, I think about toys and electronics and stacks of magazines, and you know, it's more than just Marie Kondoing that shit, as we said. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is a lot of. Um, you know what, for lack of a better description and for, for people to be able to understand that subliminal messaging, right? So if you have a child that, or a teenager, let's say, that's acting up all the time and, and you happen to have like magazines, a gun and ammo magazine laying around and that kind of stuff around the house, um, or, you know, the dead animals up on the wall kind of a thing, um, that, that- Lord, 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 the dead animals- yeah. Wall. <laughs> yeah, I know you had that experience. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I'm all about hunting. I get it. It's a sport. Yeah. I love it. Love deer meat. I love it. But whew, yeah. I testify like having the energy of all these animals staring at me was, yeah. it was yeah. just chaotic. chaotic. Yeah. And so it's it things like that that people <laughs> don't realize. Yeah, people don't realize how much that really does affect the energy and you feel it. And, um, and uh, so it's things like that. Um, now, when we, when we do get into more of the, of the classical aspect as well, you can get into what's called a trigram, which does break down each person of the house. And there are certain like um, directions that are more auspicious for somebody to be in. So even eating at the table, if you have somebody who has really bad digestion and you put them in their right compass direction um, for eating, that really does actually help with their digestion. So there's that, you know, you can get that detailed about it, or you can, if you want to be in the more intentional aspect of it, just start looking around the house and seeing like, 
what really does that portray? So for instance, um, this is more of a business perspective, but um, my teacher was sharing a story about how this one company really was just having this these a tumultuous um, like uh, between the staff and the management and, and you know the monies were going up and down and everything was it was just always just kind of like a like a storm so to speak right and so when she went in to do the um, the initial consultation and she was looking around the office the artwork the the owner of the company loved ships you know that that whole nautical they have this whole nautical theme decoration in their business well there were lots and lots of ship you know like stormy weather you know like sailboats on in the storm and the hurricane and all this kind of stuff and so she suggested that he change the artwork to start with because the, that representation of the storm itself was creating that stormy energy within the work environment so that was the first thing they did is they changed all the artwork into things that were more prosperous or in alignment with the type of business they were in and showing prosperity for it. And that immediately shifted the energy in the building. Okay. Just, just changing the artwork. So as we think about our homes and I start, just like I said, in my bedroom, right? I, we have this one piece of artwork that we thought was really cool and we loved it, but it was not, you know, and, and we, we did move it to a different area of the home. It just wasn't good in our bedroom. I love okay. it. Um, I, my daughter, um, you know, Hannah, of course, you know, Hannah, you're one of yeah. the other mothers that, that when I am not available, Hannah contacts you, April <laughs> or Reiki or oil help, everything. I have such a great, I'm so grateful for my network of moms, um, realized in, um, the, in, in her bedroom, she had, um, a space that she rocks the baby and Henry is an infant and, um, he is very unsettled. He won't go to sleep there. And he's like looking around, looking around, even trying to feed him in that space. His little head is just like looking all around above her head as she's rocking him. And um, she said, I think it's the pictures behind the rocker. And they're two beautiful pictures that as, you know, as Hannah and Jake, as, you know, without Henry in the mix, it, it, it was perfect. It was fine. But one, one is very busy. Um, and it had, it was a, kind of an art deco with some zodiac signs and, um, and it was really busy. And then the other one, she said, I'd never noticed it before, but it's this beautiful, again, art deco. Um, so, you know, early 1900s, a picture of a lady, um, a line art drawing of a lady, but in one section of it, when you look closer, it's this, like hooded kind of creepy figure in the bottom of it. And she took the pictures down and now that now he will sit still and rest in that corner. But there wow. was something about those pictures that were just like, and he, it, was, it was very strange, very strange. Um, talk about, if you can a little bit, most people will go, well, I've heard about feng shui and mirrors to help move energy. Correct. Um, for those who don't know about how to use mirrors, and I guess that would be metal, that would be a metal element. Um, how would we use mirrors in our homes? So mirrors can work um, against you or they can work for you. 
Okay. And um, so one of the ways that it might work against you is one of the things that you had brought up that you um, wouldn't want it in the bedroom, like right where you're, where you can see it when you're in bed, you know, because like you said, that restlessness can be reflected back. Another thing that could be reflected back is if you have two people in the bed and that two people are reflected back, you now have four people in the bed. So if you're already in a rocky relationship, it's not a good idea to have a reflection of four. It's like inviting somebody else into that sacred space, which we don't want to do, right? So, you know, we can be mindful of those types of things. You um, generally don't want to have a mirror like right at your front door because it's going to, you know, a lot of times people, if they have an entryway that has like a, a wall there and then you go around the wall, they might put a nice credenza with a mirror on it that, you know, whatever. That's actually not a good idea because you're reflecting the the chi right back out the front door you don't want to have that mirror directly going out the front door because it's not it's not inviting people okay. in or inviting the chi in so those are those are kind of two examples of where you wouldn't want a mirror and there's others but you know i don't want to get into that too much but you can also use a mirror um to your advantage and here's one of the misconceptions that people have or I would I like to say a little tip that I can give them is if you have an area that calls for a mirror doesn't it does it's not conducive to housing a mirror it doesn't have to be this big framed piece of you know when people think oh I have to put a mirror here they think they've got to go down to Pier One Imports and and buy this beautiful framed mirror and figure out how to put it on this wall you can literally go on to Amazon and buy these one inch circle mirrors and they come in a package of 10 for like, I don't know, five bucks. And you can just put it very inconspicuously somewhere on, on a wall if you needed to have a reflection. Um, one of the ways that we use mirrors um, is to create, uh, if there's a missing section in your gua. Okay, so for instance, if you had a house no, most houses are not perfectly square or rectangle, right? So like my sister's home is more of like a little bit of an L shape like this. So she's missing like one and a half guas right here. And this is like her driveway area. So what we do is we put a mirror on the wall here and at the same height, a mirror on the wall here. And then it kind of creates energetically. And then we put a crystal or a stone here. And so it closes off that area and creates a full bagua again. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, and for anybody who may be listening to this on the audio on Spotify or Pocket Cast or um, iTunes, this is also available on YouTube at Tell the People with Heather Robinson and Robin is holding up visual aids. So if you want to see what we're talking about, you can, you can go check that out on YouTube. Um, that is so much great information about mirrors because, again, why we need someone who knows more than just a Pinterest uh, level. <laughs> because yeah. I've, I've uh, I heard mirror, and all my life it's like, oh, mirror needs to reflect nature. It needs to move it through. And like right now, when you walk in my front door, I can see straight through to my bedroom. I can't mm -hmm. see my bed, but I see a wall, and so I have a mirror there. And it's reflecting back. My, so it's not inviting. I mean, it's 
Right. Yeah. It's pushing it back out. Yeah. Um, another useful way to use a mirror for reflecting when we want to purposely reflect stuff is let's say that you live in an apartment and um, you have neighbors downstairs with bad mojo and you can feel their energy and you're just like, oh, no, 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 no. You can take you can take that big mirror, you know, and turn it upside down and just slide it underneath a piece of furniture. So it's like oh. reflecting, it's reflecting the energy back. Yeah. Um, and, or if you have it like a neighbor on the right and you, you can take some of those mirrors and put it on the back of a picture that are reflecting into the direction of the neighbor. So you're reflecting their energy back at them. Okay. So there, it's not creeping in through your walls, so to speak. That's awesome. That's yeah. Um, thank you. I'm, I'm, my mind is, is swirling. Uh, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> that hamster wheel started spinning a little faster. <laughs> I know. Um, it, can you talk to me about, we talked about um, using different elements. So it would be plants, you know, that would be an earth element and for abundance, um, a water feature, and it may be one of the fountains or um, uh, using oils, um, using different, using wood. Is there, um, so we're, we're doing that to help not only bring abundance or bring balance, bring the balance back to our relationship our relationship with ourself, obviously the wealth sector. Um, what other, it, it, does color have a play with that? Um, absolutely. Okay. Um, yes, absolutely. And I'm taking a little bit of notes here because I want to make sure when you were talking there was a couple things that I needed to remember to tell you. Um, so yeah, color definitely plays a role. So let's say you need water in a certain area um, and it's really not conducive to put a water feature in a specific area, you can um, you can use color. So the watercolors would be like the blue families, or okay. you can bring in a piece of artwork that has water in it, like a beautiful pond or a lake or you know the sunset off the pier or whatever. But also be mindful of what that water is representative of, right? Because like we talked about the businessman who had the ships on the storm. You don't want to have stormy waters. You want to have whatever it is that you're hoping to achieve in that area. If you, if you, you know, want a peaceful, serene environment, then you would have a beautiful water scene that's peaceful, right? Um, if you are going to use a water feature, there's a couple of things that are really important. Number one, um, the water should be moving, okay? We don't wanna have stagnant water. Okay. It should always remain clean and moving. So if you're going to if you're going to have a fish is great. Like I put a fish in my meditation area. I've got this beautiful fish and I put crystals all around his, you know, little thing. And so the fish creates movement and constant movement in the water. Now I don't have a filter in his bowl. So I I am very diligent about cleaning that that fishbowl every single Saturday. It's part of my ritual. And that creates that beautiful intention, right? I, in fact, even when they talk about when you clean a fishbowl, you, you have to just put, you take out half the water, kind of wipe the edges, and then you fill it back up again. You never replace their water completely. And before I even, but that water has to be room temperature filtered water, right? So I have this beautiful crystal vase 
that was stagnant in my china cabinet because I didn't use it for years. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use that for his water because you have to set the water on the counter for a couple of hours so that it gets to be the same temperature. So I, I put that and then I, I clean his bowl. So I have all this intentional ritual for that beautiful space, which just adds to the feng shui. Okay, so that's water. Make sure it's clean, make sure it's moving. And when it's moving, um, if you have uh, a water feature outside your home, the water either needs to be one of those that goes out the top and comes down 360, or the water needs to be flowing towards your house. Okay. You do not want the water flowing away from your home because that is, that's pushing out your chi, your finances, whatever it is, it, it's, it's pushing stuff away. So you want to, you want it to either be flowing towards the house or in that 360, you know, coming out the top and come around the ball. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Um, red is definitely a representation of fire. And, and the fire element can always be representative with the color red. Um, but any other of the elements, if you really want to bring that element in, it's always best to have the element itself. Okay. So if you need metal, you really do want to have something metal. But if you can't, you can do a representative color, but it's not going to be as powerful. Okay. Okay. So let's say you have the, um, the metal, um, table is going to give you like the most. And if you use just the color metal, it's going to give you maybe 50% of that oomph. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, so this just came to mind and it may or may not be applicable. So, you know, I, I love astrology. I teach classes on astrology. Um, and I know that I have no fire elements in my sign anywhere. A lot of my, what looks like fiery and assertiveness and energy comes from my wind elements. I, my comes from wind. And so, um, but I love red, like, and I think now knowing what I know about astrology, it's like, that's me trying, like, I just, I'm sitting in this, my thinking chair now, which has a lot of red, it's my fave. Um, but I have a red couch coming like, Hey, I want, a, I like red. Um, and now I'm rethinking like, damn, have I put too much red? Uh, do I have red in the wrong areas of my life? Is it, mm -hmm. it, it, does the Zodiac play with that some too? Like, cause you said you looked at your astrology when you look at the, the fire, fire elements of your chart and the elements of your home, does all that, I mean, that's why we would need a professional. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that's getting, that is getting a little deep. I will say that your astrological chart does not necessarily align with your trigram chart in feng shui. Okay. Yeah. So I'll just leave it at that for now. And then if anybody has any questions, they can contact me and okay. we can talk about it a little bit further. Um, one other thing that I would like to touch on, because this is something that a lot of people do thinking they're like really creating this great thing. Right. And that is when they, when they bring something into their home that has all the elements on it. And that would be like your little table water fountain that has the candle in it and the crystal and a little plant, right. you know, you're putting all of the elements into one thing. And we don't, that is not going to achieve what it is you're hoping to achieve. A lot of people think that brings balance to the area and that's not true because 
Remember, we talked about the weakening and the destructive cycles. So there's always going to be one element that will destroy the other element. So if you're putting all five elements together in one thing, they're all going to destroy each other out. They're going to neutralize um, it, it, neutralize each other. It defeats Correct. the purpose. Okay. It defeats the purpose of okay. what somebody thinks they're actually doing. They're not doing it. They're defeating it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, that Yes, that makes sense. And I have seen those elements. Um, another piece that I think people we decorate with, um, whether in our offices or in our homes, are pictures of family, um, yes. like family photos. Is there an element to feng shui where areas of the home or pictures of certain people are beneficial versus detrimental? I don't want to say um, benevolent and malevolent, but that's where my mind goes. <laughs> that is absolutely a phenomenal question, and I'm going to tell you why. There are so many people that put pictures of their children and or family on the dresser in their bedroom. And that is the one place that you do not want to put family photos and especially photos of your children. Because the room is supposed to be for, you know, not just rest and sleep, but romance, right? We want to have a loving romantic relationship with our partner and if our children are sitting there staring at us even though it's three pictures it it you know kills the mood so to speak it does affect the energy in the space so when you put artwork in your bedroom and and you are and your your goal is to have like a loving relationship then you want to do things that will that will complement that they also talk about not putting deities in your bedroom so, and again, by deities, we mean statues of um, statues of Jesus, of angels, right. of Buddha, of Kuan Yin, of correct whoever. Yeah. There's other places in the home that are way more appropriate, and that would be again, that would kind of be your like I have a Kuan Yin in my meditation area, and I have a Lakshmi in my wealth area, because those are the, the two deities that I love and, and want. I have um, Saraswati actually back here on my desk, and she's knowledge and wisdom, right? So these are the areas that I like those deities to be, just not in the bedroom. So in the, in the bedroom, you would not want to put family photos, okay? Now, to elaborate even more in your question, are there some photos you shouldn't put? Like, if you didn't like your you know, if your grandma triggers you <laughs> in a bad way, you probably don't want to have a picture of her hanging on your wall in your, you know, in your kitchen or whatever. Um, we have one of those scrolling electronic um, photo things in our kitchen, and I love it. You know, all my children are grown now. You know, Heather, they're all taller than me. They're big. But all these pictures are from when they were babies um, and when we were going through that life process of, of raising them. And I love it. Every, like I find myself in the morning with my cup of coffee just staring at this photo scrolling album it could, because it makes me feel good. So my answer to that would be if you have a picture of family in your home that doesn't, if it doesn't make you feel good, you might want to rethink replacing it with one that does. Well, and yes, and that makes sense, uh, again, uh, about the bedroom, and I knew about that. Um, I don't have pictures of my kids in my bedroom for, um, since I figured out my little book of feng shui, but then I think about it in, um, like, in your area of wealth. Like, I think a lot of people would put 
pictures of your kids there to be like, this is my motivation. This is my vision. This is what I'm working for. Mm -hmm. But there may be consideration for that area that you need to focus and you need inspirational pictures, not letting someone else be your inspiration, but what truly is your inspiration, mm -hmm. um, not just, not just the family, not right. just and you get a little bit into uh, codependency and servitude. Like, oh, I'm working on my life to do this for these people. And we love them and we want to do that, but that may not be what's best for your, your business acumen, right? Yeah. And I think that's very subjective. That's a really great question. And that is super subjective because you're right. Some people that might be a great inspiration for them in a healthy way. And it might be an inspiration for them in a healthy, unhealthy codependent way. Like you said, this is where the life coaching piece would be very powerful because, you know, let's face it, when it boils down to it, when you, when you start to make changes around your home, it's very difficult. There's usually blocks that occur, um, whether they're emotional, they're triggering, whatever it is. So a lot of times with people, even just like all this intentional stuff aside, the flying star charts aside, just clearing clutter is a very emotional process, you know? And so this is where life coaching piece of it is very powerful for the feng shui, because then we can talk about, well, what does this piece mean to you? What, what is it that you're emotionally tied to it? And we can talk about that. So that's a great um, question. And um, I did not think about that when you brought that up, you know, for the wealth corner, am I putting my kids there because I'm very codependent, people pleasing, yada, 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 then no, that probably would not be a help, be a healthy reason to put it there. Right. But if you had a very healthy relationship around it, it would be a great inspiration. So that's very subjective. Cool. Well, and, and again, just clearing the clutter, which if you're listening to this, um, June 18th, 2021, uh, we're in Mercury retrograde, which is a great time to release things, clear the clutter, review, pick up the coffee cup and, you know, Marie Kondo, does this bring me joy? Absolutely. Do I want to keep it? Yes. Is there a coffee cup that has fruit on it that, came from a set that's long been broken. No, get rid of that. Mm -hmm. um, and to look at the reason you're emotionally holding on to that piece, that picture, that one pair of jeans, that brown couch that has long since, you know, it's like, no, I don't want this anymore. Um, yeah. And Another important piece for people to recognize is that it's not a one and done either. Sometimes it's a process. Yeah. So so the first clean out could be, you know, you have your, your, your three piles, right? You have your, I'm keeping it. I'm definitely getting rid of it. And there, then there's the maybe pile, right? And when it comes to the maybe pile, a really good thing to do is like, if it's your closet, let's say, and you have your, your closet and all the hangers on the closet, every single thing you have on there, after you do the clean out, turn the hanger around backwards. And then six months later, when you go back for a second round of potential cleaning out of, if there's some hangers that are still backwards, you're not wearing them. You're not using them. You're not loving them. Okay. Same thing in the cupboard with your coffee cups. The ones that you're not necessarily using, you kind of want to keep it because there's this emotional attachment to it, but you're not really sure. Turn it backwards. Oh. And if you use it, and you put it back in the cupboard and then put it forwards. And then six months goes by and you look any of the cups that are still backwards, you're not loving them. 
Okay. It's time to go ahead and release. And then another trick, because a lot of times we hold on to things that were family, this, or so-and-so gave me that. It's not the piece itself. It's the emotion attached to it or the memory attached to it. So you, with our digital age now and today, take a picture of it, create a folder or a file for memories. And then once you have that picture captured, go ahead and release the object. Because the fact of the matter is, is there is somebody out there who will love it and who will give it the attention that it deserves because everything has energy and uh, um, to it. Everything is alive, whether you think it is or not. There's, there's a, a life energy, life force to it and everything has purpose. And by it sitting in your cupboard, turned around backwards for a year and a half, it is not serving its purpose. And there's somebody out there that will love it and will give it purpose. So go ahead and release it. You, if you want to remember it, you can always go back and look in your, in your photo memories. That is, that's a great tip. That's a great tip. And, and we'll be part of the feng shui and knowing that the, the power of feng shui is, is first setting the intent, realizing that you want to change. You want positive change. You want an influx of energy. Um, uh, and so setting the intention and that you're co-creating, you are positively co-creating these changes. That's, yes. that's it. Um, yep. We're rolling on an hour now, and I want to be respectful of your time because I know you've got clients this afternoon. Um, I, I found, and it's probably one of the people that you you follow um, about feng shui. It says the very fact that you are now cultivating a plan of action and choosing to participate in making the positive changes in your life offer for great opportunity for beneficial transformation for your overall self and your overall environment. Like, so just if you're listening to this and you're interested, then you have the desire to change. You have the desire to learn. And now you can contact Robin and figure out how to do that. So absolutely. What if, um, because I'm, I'm not in Raleigh, I'm in Charlotte. Um, uh, again, with FaceTime and Zoom and things, um, are you able to help me Feng Shui, my um, absolutely. So I can yeah. FaceTime or take pictures and yeah. okay. So tell me yeah. how that happened. Um, if so, someone contact you. Yeah, the way that that works is we can do things through Zoom um, with Feng Shui, just as like we do with coaching and uh, and distance Reiki. I know you do offer distance Reiki also. So all of this can be done distance. Um, the way that it works is that I, I have a questionnaire that I have you fill out that gives me a lot of information. I get the compass direction of your home from Google Earth, actually. Um, and so, and then I find out like the year that your home was built and all that kind of stuff from from that report. Um, and then I just need to get a floor plan. That, that's the most important piece is actually having a floor plan of your home. And a lot of people have that nowadays because the builder just, you know, the builders have them. Um, and then I create this entire report and then we have a, uh, a Zoom, just like you and I are having right now, where we go through the report together. And usually I will have you either do like a video um, of your home, like a walk video walkthrough or just pictures so I can have the visuals. And it's very easy peasy. Um, distance has no bearing on it. And if we didn't have a floor plan um, for some reason, if you're in a house that was built in 1914, you mm -hmm. could sketch. Like you could, someone could sketch the plan and Correct. 
And then yeah. you also would want to include, um, uh, if you have a garage, an attached garage, then that's part of your space to Correct. Yep. front porch, a sunroom, a patio. I know my parents um, have have artwork for as long as I as long as we've had a garage. Um, we grew up with a with not a garage for a long time, but they have artwork hanging in the garage. It is the most organized garage space you will ever see in your life. But their whole house is organized. And now that I look at the the Bagua, it's like in the wealth and abundance sector, and it's organized. <laughs> it's uh, it's you know so you come and they come in and out of the house from that space most of the time. And so, like you said, with your intention, it's it promotes ease of lifestyle when you walk in and out, you get in and out of your car into a, a happy space instead of a space that's eyeball high with a bunch of bins of DVDs that you're never going to watch anymore. So, right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a question that you noted that you wanted to not, did we cover that? We did. Okay. Yep. Yep. Well, cool. So in, in parting, how, again, um, how can folks get in touch with you um, for life coaching or for um, feng shui uh, coaching? So my website is livingyourbliss.net and um, they can certainly go there and learn about all the different things I do. Um, if they're a phone caller, it's 919-896-7641. They can give us a call and, um, you know, sometimes people aren't really sure what they need. And so they might just need to talk for a few minutes about where they're at and where they want to go. And then we can make a recommendation on where to start. And you don't, it's most clients aren't going to come to you and say, I need to uh, eliminate all my balances. I need to get out of debt. Um, I need to work on this relationship with my husband. I need it's, they're going to come to you with one thing that they want to work on first. And these other pieces come into play. So it's not, it's less typical for someone to go, I'm ready to overhaul my whole life. Right. <laughs> The, the, the funny thing is, well, it's not funny. It's actually a beautiful, the beautiful thing is, is that no matter where, when you come, when people come to me and they say, I've got a relationship problem, or I have a money problem, or I have a career problem, or I have a health problem. It doesn't matter what the problem is. When we start coaching around it and feng shuiing around it, all of them start to fall into place. Because it's kind of like in Reiki, you know, if you have a particular chakra that's blocked it over a long period of time, it starts to create other issues, right? right? But once you start doing the work around clearing the channels and getting the flow of energy through your body, everything starts to, to settle, right? In a good way. It's the same thing with life coaching with feng shui. And I always tell people, you know, life coaching is very powerful. Feng shui is very powerful. When you put them together, it's the one, two punch, you know, it. it's like adding the exponent in math to a number. It just creates this greater power and happens much quicker. And another uh, need or area of improvement that someone may come to you with um, would be um, addiction or dependency. Mm -hmm. um, so whether it's a food um, behavior, negative behaviors around food or substance, or then it would be 
we always would think it'd be like that might be the kitchen, but in your house, the health sector of your of your home may not be the kitchen. It may mm -hmm. be area, and so um, you know if it's if it's emotional health or mental health, but uh, addiction possibility, then you could look at a different area of your home, and maybe see that it's cluttered or it's dark or it's you know, that may be the garage part of your house. And if you're trying to break these addictions, but you drive into clutter every day, then it just stays dark and murky, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it definitely stacks the cards against you. And when you're dealing with something like addiction, I mean, I'm in, I'm very open, I'm in recovery. So I know what it's like to be in the throes of addiction. You definitely want to um, do everything you can to create that nice flowing river and remove the boulders, blocks, and rapids for right. sure. Um, so I, I definitely do also specialize with people who are in recovery um, um, because, I mean, I, I've been sober for, I'm coming up on 14 years this year, so I definitely have a program there that I work. Um, one thing I will say real quick, I know we're rounding up here, but just again, this is another one of those things. I have a family member who is on the wait list for a kidney because he's, anyway, long, it doesn't matter. Um, when I looked at their Bagua, the section for health and wellness, and, and you can even really get detailed down into organs and whatnot, the kidney, this area of their house that is representative of the kidney is a missing section in their house, in their home. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, dang. <laughs> can't, make up. can't make that shit up. Can't make it up. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, we, yeah. I, I could talk to you for three more hours and I, I know, know me too. <laughs> I have a hotline to Robin. Um, yeah. I, I like to ask my guest. um, is there, I'm, I'm very passionate about uh, nonprofit work, 501c3, give back. Is there um, or are there opportunities for give back that you would like to promote um, here? And I'll put in the bottom in our, in our comments. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my favorite, like I, I do a monthly um, donation myself to, I donate through doTERRA's Healing Hands Foundation. Um, and they have uh, quite a few organizations in which they donate to, but I, my area of choice, so you can um, either go, if you're a doTERRA user and want to donate through Healing Hands and or the, the organizations that one that they donate to that's very passionate for me is Operation Underground Railroad and that eradicates human trafficking. Um, and so this is an organization that will go in and rescue victims of human trafficking. And then, it, but it doesn't stop there. There's also a sister organization where they, they take these usually children, young children, and, um, and then they transition them into a rehabilitation uh, facility as well that's also nonprofit. And so those truly are my passions, are those two organizations that, um, that when I donate to. So yeah, I'd love to support, for people to support those if they feel called to. Awesome. And I'll put the links to those in the comments for thank the you. audio. Yeah. Ron, thank you so much. I can't yeah. wait to hang up and call you back. Um, I know, right? <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. Um, and I, I, I just know that 
you bring so much loving and nurturing and like me, like knowledge, we can go down the rabbit hole of and this thing and then the mirror this and, and oh, that's an orange chakra color. Do that in your kid's room for creativity. Um, I, I know that you bring such a wealth of knowledge <clears throat> to so many people. And yeah. I am so thankful um, for your time. Thank you and your knowledge. And yeah, thanks for asking me. This is fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, you'll have to come back. We'll have to yeah. do some case studies. So give me a couple of months and we'll do uh, feng shui spiritual coaching case studies. Okay. Uh, yeah. And if anybody would like to be a guest on Tell the People, you can find me at wellhelloheather at gmail.com and um, contact me and let me know. If you'd like to know more about me, you can find me, find Robin, and then you'll find me. Um, but at Heather Healing Arts, and if you would like to buy my book, it's Take Back Your Light, A Lightworker's Guide to Balance, Clearing, and Protection. Um, and when you find my social media, my website, you'll find that. But again, it's all about telling the people. So Robin, thank you very much. And I love you. Kisses. Love you too. Have a wonderful day. Thank, thank you. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to be a guest on Tell the People, then contact me at wellhelloheather at gmail.com. I'll look forward to talking to you.